Hi, I'm Nick Gregoratis, and this is the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood Podcast. The show for grapplers and martial artists that want to evolve both on and off the mat. Hey everyone, Happy New Year. I hope you have had a fantastic holiday season and that 2019 brings you all of the joy, peace, happiness, and fulfillment that you so richly deserve. And I also hope that your jiu-jitsu continues to grow from strength to strength. Let's make 2019 our best year of training ever. At least that's what I've committed to. I hope you guys join me. So before we get into the show, I just want to remind you that you can get any of our incredible jiu-jitsu gear and training materials at store.jujitsubrother.com. At the moment, we're running a 25% off New Year's sale. If you use the coupon code Year of the Choke at checkout, you'll get 25% off anything in the store. So head on over there now. It ends on the 7th of January. And we are also uh, offering 10% off my online academy, the Master Academy, which I believe is the best online jiu-jitsu academy in the world. There's some truly fantastic material on there. If you head on over to jujitsumasteracademy.com, and again, you use the coupon code Year of the Choke at checkout, you will get 25% off any of the membership options. So, guys, let's dive into this episode, which is my friend Lawrence Dunning, an amazing and very actualized man. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Brother Podcast. So happy to have a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, one of the people I'm always happiest to see when I eventually do see him when I head on over to Chicago where he lives, our paths usually cross and it's just always a pleasure to be in his presence because he's just a wonderful human being. It's my friend, Lawrence Dunning. How are you, my man? Oh, thank Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you, Nick. That's cool. Lawrence, you are a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a good one at that. Uh, how, how long have you been training? So I, I started actually, um, I was just thinking about this in, in preparation for our call. I started before it was even really jujitsu um, in college. So I guess 2000, around 2000. So it's, yeah. been, it's been about 18 years. Wow. That's, that's a long trip. That's about the same, almost the same as me. I think I'm on year 20 this year. So um, the, 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 difference, the difference between us, Nick, why you're a lot better is I took a lot of breaks. <laughs> life, yeah. life gets in the way. So I wasn't too consistent. Fair enough. And dude, the, the older I get, the more my, my business partner, Mark Barton, he's one of the lessons I learned from that guy is that he, it, it, in fact, it's a, it's a larger lesson. It's something I'd want to speak to you about. The, the, the smaller part of it is uh, consistency that's tied to the larger lesson, which is um, the quote I heard from another friend of mine, uh, Dr. Philosophy, Dr. Khalil Habib, who I'm hoping to get on the show one day. I heard it, he told me this about two weeks ago. He said, it's an Aristotle quote, which is that all is habit. And I've been thinking about that constantly, man. And I've been trying, yeah. in fact, not trying, I've been succeeding in creating a bunch of new positive habits. Uh, and it's made a massive difference to my life. And so I guess. No, that, no I agree a hundred percent. And it's funny, I was reading a book and it had a couple of um, quotes and I don't remember exactly. Um, one was by Oscar Wilde, the author. And then there was another one by a philosopher. And they were both saying about when you get caught, when you when you get stuck in a in a routine and a habit, you kind of lose some vitality in life. Basically, a very negative thing. And then the author was saying, the, the author of the book was saying, when do you think these guys said it? 
And it was when they were very young before they realized how important habit was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's, there's a good, there's a, you know, that the 10,000 hour rule, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You just, for, for great things, you do have to put a lot of time in. And the only way, especially if you're a busy person with a lot of interests, the only way you're ever going to get significant time is by, is time blocking certain days and just making it a habit. And, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, I feel like a good day, as long as I get a workout in, I don't care what the rest of the day is. So I don't care if I spend 10 hours in front of the TV, I don't do any work or I sit on the beach on vacation. As long as I got my work out in, I feel like it's not wasted. Whereas if I have a day where I'm out and I'm, I work in real estate and I have a great day and I close deals and I make money, but I don't get a work out in, I feel like it's a wasted day unless it's a you know, scheduled day off, I guess. But, but I think that's the key is you have to make that part of your habit. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's uh, tied to another idea, which is that people, people overestimate what they can do on a short timeline, but they underestimate mm. what they can do on a longer timeline. And it I, I love that one. I it's love a that great one. one. Yeah. You don't it's, need it's so true. I think I remember writing goals. I'm, I'm big on goals. And I remember writing goals when I first moved to Chicago, I was a, um, just got my blue belt or maybe I hadn't even got my blue belt yet. And I remember my goal, I had goals for different things. And my goal was for jujitsu. Black belt was so far away back then. I couldn't even think about that. My goal, goal was to be a good purple belt with a few stripes you know it, mm. it wasn't even black, black belt was just too far so i think that's uh it, you and of course now you know i've been a black belt for a few years so i've, I've achieved it but it was just that power of consistency i couldn't visualize it then mm-hmm. but you know yeah uh <laughs> this uh, it's going to be quite quite day today i guess but uh <laughs> another interesting one that relates to that is um how does a, m- a mouse eat, a, eat an elephant and the answer is one bite at a time. Like a friend of mine, uh, a few years ago, he, he lost everything. He lost his, he was a super successful guy. And after that 2008 subprime mortgage crisis, he was um, actually heavily invested in, he worked for one of the big banks. He worked for Deutsche Bank and he was heavily exposed in, um, his positions were in, in Iceland. And you, you know what happened with that, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, he got, he got fired and he lost a large percentage of the wealth he'd been accumulating. And, his, his wife left him and like he was literally down in the dumps, dude. And I remember saying to him, like, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going to cl- climb back to the top. Uh, and he said, I just got to remember that that's how a mouse eats an elephant one bite at a time. So I'll just take it like not even one day at a time. I'll take it one hour at a time. And now he's, he's back on right. top. You know, it just blows that's up. Amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, exactly. But then it's the same thing back to that. You know, it's been 10 years since he lost everything. So, he, he achieved, I'm sure he achieved a lot in 10 years, but I think that's the big problem with just society in general. And I think among the youth too, um, I, I changed careers in real estate about five years ago, little, little under. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember when now I have these young, young kids and they just start in the business and they're in their early twenties and they're based, you know, how do I get to where you are? And it was like, well, you know, <laughs> you, you, they, they, they want, they want, everything's about a shortcut and a, a life hack. I hate that quote. But, you know, there's a reason that um, Tim Ferriss is still a white belt in jiu-jitsu. He, he's always talking about life hacks. It's because some things there's no hack for. You have to put your time in. And I think it's the same like your friend with business. I bet if you looked at what he did in the last 10 years, it would be absolutely amazing. You know, there's, there's what, uh, mm-hmm. over you know, 3,500 days or something of just constant grind. Um, but he really put the time in. I think, that's, I think if you have that philosophy, 
sometimes, you know, if, if you begin jujitsu and you think, man, I can't even think about getting a black belt because that goal, is, it's so hard. It's so far. I can only think about visualizing getting my purple belt, for instance, like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be a bit dispiriting sometimes, but I think if you just change your mindset, it's actually great because if it was something that you could learn and master in six months, you know, you and I would have lost our interest after a year, you know? So I think it's, it's a good lesson to remember, but it's also, it's, it's very humbling but I think it's also quite inspiring too, because you know, th- th- there's no end goal. I think that's the that, that it, it could yeah. be a, a negative, but I think you could look at it like a positive too. You know? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, Nick Raphael, another guest on our, on the show a few years, a few months ago, uh, super successful guy. I was talking to him about business and success, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, tell me what does it feel like now that you've hit the top of the pile and you've made it to the top of the ladder and he just, he said to me, um, he quoted Lionel Richie, who said, once once he made it, all he had were the memories of how he got there. And it's a good thing that all these things that we want to achieve, like Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt and business success and healthy relationships, and it's a good thing all of these things take time and are difficult because the journey, that that process that you go through to get them is actually, when you look back, the best part of it all. Yeah. Right, it's not like when you suddenly look yeah. at your bank account and you've made X amount of money, or you look down and you've got the black belt. That is cool. It is definitely cool, but it is extremely fleeting. Extremely fleeting. And uh, oh, that's, that's that's an amazing point, Nick. Actually, because I have a friend. I, I remember when I was in a bit of a funk, maybe a year or two ago, and he said to me, "He's like, oh, I don't know how you could be upset. Like, look at all you've achieved." And I'm, I was like, "Oh, I never really thought about that." I guess, yeah, I have achieved quite a lot in the last, you know, since I was an adult in the last 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. But then it does, it doesn't. Once you've achieved it, like you said, you know, it, it doesn't really matter for most driven people. You're always looking forward. And I remember when when I read, um, I was a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was young, and I still am um, for the one simple reason that he's someone that had unbelievably unbelievable success in very different fields. So you can say four major fields, right? You can say um, bodybuilding, acting, politics. And the one that most people don't know about is he made his first, he became a millionaire through um, real estate investing in California. So he actually made, made his first million from real estate investing before his, his million dollar paychecks in the movies. And I think it's so amazing because every time he reinvented himself, and I think it's so hard, it's how hard is it to get to the top in one field let alone four, you know, and I think that, but, but one thing I remember when he read, when he's in, when I was reading his biography, he talked about how he had, had these, um, you know, dozens and dozens of photo albums from all these amazing things he did and, you know, movie sets and places he went to and his family growing up. And he said, honestly, they're on my, they're on my shelf in my office. I never even opened them because I'm not a person that looks back. I'm always looking forward. So I think mm-hmm. there's a, and that's something that I'm definitely working on this too. Um, I think it, I'm a very driven person with, with the goals I set, but at the same time, most, a lot of very successful people, they do great things, but they're fundamentally very unhappy because they're always looking forward. So it's just, you have to force yourself and remind yourself to take these pauses and step back and see actually how far you've come. Cause otherwise you'll go through the whole of your life and then you'll be, you know, approaching the end and you're like, man, I was always wanted more. I was never happy with what I got. Whereas, you know, most of us, I think we could just reframe our mind a little bit and see and focus on the good things that we do have, as opposed to the things that we want that we don't. Yeah, I totally agree. It's kind of closely related to something else that I've 
been discussing with people lately, which is how, you know, a lot of us have a tendency to go very, to be very hard on ourselves, right? And, and to, especially driven people and ambitious and motivated people, they can be extremely hard on themselves. And yeah. I have to remind myself to just take it easy on myself sometimes. But the problem is it's, it's a very, it's a, it's one of those uh, dichotomies, you know, I can't take it too easy on myself and I can't be too right. hard on myself. And I got to constantly walking this tightrope because if you go, if you fall on either side, you lose, right? If you go too hard on yourself, you burn yeah. out. And if you don't go hard enough on yourself, if you go too easy on yourself, you don't get results. So, right. But I think, like, but I think that's a great, but no, Nick, sorry to interrupt, but that's a great point. I think it's kind of like this. You could say the same thing for an athlete in, in a training camp, say he's fighting in eight weeks and he's got to make sure that he doesn't overtrain. And I think most, you know, say a professional fighter, for instance, he's already at the mindset where the risk is going to be way more on him overtraining than him undertraining. And mm -hmm. I think it's the same with, so I, I would say for you and I, um, you know, without trying to sound arrogant, I think our risk is on the sense that we're too hard on ourselves when, mm -hmm. when we could, you know, <laughs> we could slow down a little bit and enjoy the process. Like you said, um, mm -hmm. a, a little bit more. I think that's something that me personally, um, you know, I, my, my goal, some of my goals are to do with just, slowing down, you know, less time with my phone and working and hustling and more time just being in the present, being in the park with my dogs when it's a nice day, just little things like that. And I think it, it's hard. It's really hard because society in general is moving towards that thing where, you know, clients call you seven days a week and they expect a response within an hour and all this stuff. And you have to, I have to personally, with my job, you have to fight against it and say, no, you know, I'm going to take, take, take my schedule back, I guess. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Lawrence, one of the things I was most impressed about, um, most impressed with when it, came, when it comes to you and, and the things you've done and the things you've achieved is actually uh, your library. So obviously um, none of you will have seen it who are listening, but first time I got to Lawrence's house, he's got this um, den slash study room and it has a huge wall in it, which is just packed wall to wall with, uh, I guess the only way to describe them is high quality books pertaining to philosophy and nutrition, sports, psychology. Uh, what else? What am I, what am I missing out? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, you pretty much covered it. Biographies. I guess I like, you know, biographies, biographies. Of biographies. great people. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people have those impressive book collections, but you're one of the few people who's actually read all of those books. And I, I don't know, like, would you, how, how much of an upgrade would you say installing those programs, uh, to use an analogy, installing those programs onto your hard drive has made? Has it, do you feel that you're intrinsically a happier, more successful person because you've read all those books? Do you sometimes feel that they, they've made you think too much or look at the world too analytically? Like anything... Give me. Uh, that's actually a, that's a really great question, Nick. And one of the reasons I love you is because you're one of the few people that would actually ask a question like that. That's so. I think um, my my love for learning um, it came from actually my I, I recently got married and I remember I gave a little speech and I, I thanked a few great influences in my life and one of them was my older brother and I remember when I was a typical young guy when I was 12 and 14 and you know I wouldn't do much I would eat shitty food I didn't really have um, great aspirations. I was a kid and he, he was a couple of years older than me and he was just, he was getting into working out and he would, he would read books and he would be like, you know, Lawrence, you should improve yourself. Like 
stop eating this shit food, eat something healthy, you know, and come lift weights with me, you know, read a book. He, and so he, he was kind of my first influence just about opening my eyes to knowledge, I guess. And then it's something, I think it's one of those things where if someone's never traveled and they go to three or four, four amazing places, and, and you know this because you've traveled very widely, then suddenly you realize how big the world is and suddenly you want to go to more places. Like it opens up your curiosity. And I think that was the same with me. Um, I definitely think there's no, there's never been any negatives. I remember when I was in college, I had a friend's girlfriend said to me, Lawrence, I think you think too much. And at the time I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound good. And then now looking back, I'm like, Oh, I don't think she went too far in life. You know, yeah, the brain's there yeah. for a reason. So I think I've yeah. learned a lot. I think, um, sometimes it's easy though. You know, I went through a bad time, much like your friend, but it was a bit later. Um, where I had a very bad year financially and my net worth took a huge hit and I kind of got a bit depressed because it also coincided with the end of an era with, um, I had nine professional MMA fights and it was just after my last one where I was kind of leaving that, um, fighter identity behind, I guess, retiring from MMA. So mm -hmm. it was a combination of that plus suddenly losing a lot of money in, in a very short period, a couple of weeks trading where I had a bit of a, I, I almost say an early midlife crisis, I guess, where I started to think, <laughs> man. You know, what, what's it all that? Plus, you know, I, I lost, uh, I broke up with a, a serious girlfriend at the time. So it all kind of happened together. And it always does though, right? It always does. I, that's true. That's true. And I think, but I think I, <laughs> looking back now, I wish I'd been a bit more wise because I've definitely, there's a big difference between, like you said, putting all this information from reading and learning onto your hard drive and then actually living it. And I think that, you know, I've still got, you know, obviously we've all got our character flaws. I've still got mine. I still, I get grumpy. I have a temper, all these things. I'm like, man, I wish I could be like a philosopher where I just never let anything rattle me at all. You know, and I think that's one thing about you. I don't ever, I don't, I don't really remember ever seeing you. You seem very, very emotionally even keeled. And I think that's something I feel like I'm kind of a passionate guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I like vents, you know, and I'll explode, have these short you know, explosions. So things like that. I'm like, man, I really should be a bit wiser. I'm nearly 40. You know, I've, read all these books, I should be a little bit wiser. So obviously there's stuff to work on, but I think, I, I think that when I, when I went away from reading, I think that I, my, my life happiness took a huge, a huge hit. Cause I remember I started mm -hmm. in real estate and I was hustling, working really, really hard seven days a week. And I wouldn't, and I would be so busy when I had my free time, I would use it to go and, you know, go to the gym, do jujitsu, go for a run, like do two physical things. And mm -hmm. I neglected my mental um, side. And then when recently, the last couple of years, I realized it and I came back to reading and I think it made a huge difference in my happiness levels. So I think, mm. I think you've got to understand yourself. And I think most people, I definitely have an extroverted side, but I also have a very introverted side. And I think you yeah. can nurture one too much. And I think that it's very, very rejuvenating to be, you know, with a great book and a, and a coffee and spend a few hours and just delve into it and really let your mind wander and sort of great places mm. and find inspiration just completely alone. It's very different from having a great night out with friends and having a great time where that's not very, for me, very rejuvenating. It's a great time. It's a, you know, I have a great time when I go out with good people, but it's a different side that you have to yeah. nurture. So I think, I, I don't know how wise I am. I think I've got a long way to go, but I think that my life is immeasurably better just from, from acquiring, um, the, just the, the enjoyment of learning and reading. I think mm -hmm. that makes total sense. And you know, uh, I really appreciate you saying I'm emotionally even killed. Uh, it's not true. <laughs> I generally am, have reasonably balanced emotions, but as the pe people who are very close to me and who spend a lot of time with me know, 
I lose my shit just like everyone else. And I would actually say that from my experiences being around you, you seem like a reasonably even keel guy. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself. But. Oh, cool. that, that, makes, that makes me happy to hear. I think because I used to work in the, on the trading floor. So I was in, a, I was in an environment where for you know, eight hours a day, it, they, they called it, uh, what are they called, blue-collar work, white-collar pay, because you can make a lot of money, but it's very physical. You're literally, sometimes you're fighting over other people, pushing guys out the way to get to a broker to get a trade, yeah. and you're, scre- you're screaming at each other and everything. So it's a very, you know, a lot of passions there. You know, when there's a lot of money at stake, you know, winning or losing, making or, making or losing, sorry, it, you, you know, tempers flare, and, you know, you, I didn't get any physical fights, but, you know, plenty of verbal, verbal um, altercations. And then I think in real estate, just by the nature of it, when you deal with people, when you deal with conflicting emotions and you know, I deal with some very wealthy people can be very, very arrogant and difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's definitely a challenge that I've had to deal with. Just, just keeping, not letting people upset you. Cause sometimes if you're a proud person like I am and you have a guy like my clients, I don't work for my clients. I help them. If, if we close a transaction, I'll, I'll make a commission, but I'm my own boss. So sometimes it's very humbling when I kind of bite my tongue and I'm dealing with a real pain in the ass just, you know, yeah. for, for the sake of my career. So it's, it's definitely, it's a challenge, but I think that it's something that as you get older, naturally you tend to get a bit calmer and it's something, something that I, one of the many things I want to work on is just being a bit more even keeled. Yeah, no, I agree. It's such an important life skill and uh, I beat the drum for meditation a lot, but meditation does help with that for sure, dude, for sure. I wanted yeah. to ask you, do you, do you meditate at all, Lawrence? Cause I would have thought you would be the poster boy for that. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> great. No, I don't, but I do things that I, th- I have meditated and, but I do things that I think get me in a very similar state. So for okay. instance, for me to, to go on a, you know, a hard, like a seven mile hard tempo run, it, for me is, a, is what I would call a meditative state. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I get some of the benefits. And I think I know, there was a, there's a, I went to his um, monastery. He's called Tit Nahan. He's a famous mm-hmm. um, Vietnamese monk. And he, I've read some of his books and he talks a lot about the difficulty of just sitting meditation. You can feel your back aching and this and that. And he's a really big believer in walking meditation. So I mm-hmm. think there's some, there's something to that. I think, you know, even just, it, it sounds so silly, but I have two dogs, even just leaving my phone behind and going for a half an hour walk with them alone with my thoughts. Is that not kind of meditation? No, I'm not really yeah. sitting there cross-legged, but I think so. So I would say that I do things like that. Um, but cool. it's something that I probably, you know, should do more of, of course, you know, there's too many times I take the dogs that I'm having stressful phone calls with clients and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> just balance, I guess. That's awesome. You know, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Lawrence, is um, relating to your lifestyle. Now, it, that's the thing. I, I used to think I had a an intense lifestyle until I met you and just seeing all this stuff you do, man, you, you, how many tournaments do you do a year? 10? Yeah, I try and do about, you know, 10 to 15 or something. I think think for me is, but but here's the thing, Nick, I don't do like, some people do tournaments and and they, you know, I see these long rants on Facebook. They're apologizing because they didn't do well, this and that, you know, I I did the world a couple of weeks ago and no one even knew I did it because it didn't go too well. And I had a nice dinner with a friend of mine, Kit Dale that lives in California. And then I came home sheepishly, you know, it's like, I don't put too much pressure on myself. And for me, it's more about just, I enjoy, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy the short-term goals. Cause I think 
when you have, if you, if you have these huge goals, like when I was young, I used to box in the Chicago Golden Gloves and it was such a big goal. I trained all year for this tournament. And if, for instance, I had a bad, um, you know, a close mat, a close fight and I didn't get the decision, I would be devastated because they would literally have to wait 12 months to do it again. And I think, so I think that's a bad mindset. So for me, if you do something a lot, it, you, you take, you take the pressure off. So, so I think that's, that's why, that's why I enjoy competing. Cause I just, I, and also for me, it's a bit different. You know, I'm, I'm 39 and hot, almost every tournament I'll, whether I win or lose, you know, I'm, I become friends with these guys and, you know, I'm, I've got a big, a, a growing network of jujitsu black belts that I'm friends with through competition, you know, and, and most of them are awesome people. So I think I look at it, you know, it's very different. I look at it the Greek way, um, the, sorry, I think it's the, the Latin uh, word for competition. It's competir, which means to come together. So I think for me, competition in jiu-jitsu is about coming together to just to, to be the best you. So I, I have no like animosity or anything about the, even, you know, even about the result as much. Of course I want to win and, and I feel happier when it goes better than when it doesn't, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's something, that's something I'm working on too. It's just, you know, does it really matter if I put in a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular guy with a job and I lost to Caprito in the summer in Chicago and my, my instructor Jay, he put a thing on Instagram and he said, in what other sport can a regular guy, meaning me go against, you know, a multiple world champion legend of the sport, you know, nothing. So I think jujitsu is so awesome in that way that in, you know, I re- recently got my black belt a few years ago and I've already competed against seven, you know, former world champions. It's in the last like 18 months, I think. And it's just, it's so cool that I'm even in with these guys. And it's not like I go in there and I just let myself get smashed. I'm trying my best. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, often I do just get smashed, but it's, it's just to even be in there for me is such an honor and such a pleasure. Um, so I think I don't, yeah, I don't have any. So for me, that so for competing a lot, it's not a big deal for me. I love to travel. I love to be around good people, good energy. And I actually remember you talking. You said you didn't like the energy so much in tournaments. Mm-hmm. I, I do know what you mean, but I don't really internalize it. For me, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean. But I guess for me, because I had to, you know, compared to boxing and MMA, which I consider fighting, I consider jiu-jitsu a bit more gentlemanly because there's no striking. So I think for me, I see it a little bit different and I don't have that anxiety. I mean, my, my question, so that's, that's awesome to know that that's what, what motivates me. Where I was actually going with that is, um, besides that massive amount that you compete, you know, you, you're self-employed and run a, a very stressful, successful real estate, real estate brokerage. And you, um, you have all these different components to your life. And I just wanted to know, where do you get the energy from Lawrence? That's you always going flat out all the time. This is so funny because I'm always exhausted. I remember uh, talking to my wife, and you know, I we're, we're talking about starting a family soon. And sometimes I'll be lying on the so- sitting on the sofa at the end of a long day, and then she's like, "Baby, you're falling asleep. Take, you got to take the dogs out before you fall asleep." I'm like, "Oh yeah." And I think like, how could I possibly have you know a, a, a one or two kids when I've just got, I have zero energy. <laughs> so I think, I think, but I think that's the thing is, you know, I enjoy everything I do. I think that it's, you know, it, a lot of it is just momentum. I'm a big believer in momentum. So, and you talked about um, the routine too. So if your routine is just to get up and, and get straight to work and then I try and I try and work out earlier. So it's done. And then, you know, and then just keep working and then, you know, evenings to socialize or, or I'll hang out with my wife. I think it just becomes, you know, a lifestyle that you just kind of make sure you fit it all in. And I think that 
you've got to make some sacrifices. One thing I, I gave up drinking a couple of years ago, I was never a big drinker, but I gave up completely alcohol mm. and I eat very, I have a huge sweet tooth, but I try and avoid, you know, I try to eat very, very, very clean. It's just, you know, that's an example of two things that I give up. You know, obviously I'm, I don't go to the late night clubs and stuff like that. You've got to kind of pick and choose your battles. So I think that you've got to decide what's important and what you want to spend the energy on. 100%. Lawrence, my man, it's been such a pleasure talking to you as it always is. Um, if anyone wants to follow you, do you have an Instagram account? Yeah, just my name, Lawrence Dunning. I think Instagram and Facebook are the same. Okay. And uh, yeah, my instructor, Jay Valco, he has an awesome, awesome gym in Chicago and they have a really open doors policy to anyone traveling through, um, you know, come by and train, they have classes seven days a week. And just, they're a really, really good group. You know, I've trained at a lot of gyms and they're just a very good group of people that a lot, lot of tough guys, a lot of, you know, hobbyists, intellectuals, just a nice group of people to train with. So we'd, we'd love to have any, anyone coming through. That's awesome. Jay, my brother, thank you so much for your time. Honestly, Nick, it's, it's an honor. Thank you. Such a great pleasure for me to host Lawrence on the show. I don't know if you guys could get the full extent of it from listening to his voice, but you know, Lawrence is just such a wonderful, wonderful human being. It always puts a smile on my face whenever I see him. You know, He's one of those guys who's got everything going for him. He's a good-looking guy. He's, he's done well in business. He's got a beautiful wife. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He, um, he's very intelligent. He's very charming. He's just, just the complete package. And, you know, it's been my experience that very often people who are so gifted and talented and, and so actualized can be pretty arrogant and pretty aloof. And, you know, Lawrence is the exact opposite of that. As I'm hoping you could get from that conversation, he's just friendly and open and generous and, He's just, he's one of those, the kinds of people I aspire to be like one day. You know, he just makes, he, he lifts up everyone around him and he's got his shit together and he's committed himself to excellence. And I truly hope if one day someone could say to me, hey, you and Lawrence are very similar. I mean, that would be the greatest compliment I could ever receive. Um, so I try to have people like, as many people like that in my life as possible. And I, that's what I, I believe the show is all about. I want to introduce you to people who, who help elevate us all, you know, and maybe you can, I, I get to spend time with these people and I'm, I want to share them with you guys. So I hope that that episode of the show accomplished that. Uh, cool guys. Well, let's, as I said in the intro, let's make 2019 the best year ever in particular with regards to jujitsu training, but also with everything else. And uh, remember that January sales happening at store.jujitsubrother.com. You can use the coupon code year of the choke and get 25% off any of our awesome gear and training programs okay guys peace out